Today's scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. And welcome to those online, those that will watch us later. Hello to you as well as we join in and continue this sermon series. Woo! So excited. I know you guys in the back aren't excited. Oh, that's right. But you're going to be excited. So it's a good Sunday to always be in worship. And we have the Lord's scripture here with us here today. First, I do have to let you know that um, Brian let me know that he was having trouble finding a song this morning. He threatened that if he didn't find a good one. He was going to go to drop kicking Jesus to the goalpost of life, I believe. So we lucked out. We, we just skimmed out of that. You almost had it. It was right there. So uh, as we get started. Well, if you haven't been with us, we've been looking at this idea of our world. And, and kind of just really one of the experiences, of course, that I had more recently was I went to Disney World. And, uh, you know, some of the magic of Disney World wasn't quite back, right? And it occurred to me while I was there as people were, you know, interacting with the different, you know, representatives and the different people that work there, the different staff and cast members, if you will, that the post-COVID world isn't just going to naturally come back with some of the goodness we remember. And not that there's a way of going back and that everything was perfect or anything like that, but some of those things that were actually really important, that were really good, are really in danger of being lost. And what I mean by that, you kind of see here in the sermon, but just some of the, the, the interactions that we have with each other, if you think about some of your interactions in the world, they're slowly, slowly drifting away. And sort of this malaise of apathy or this malaise of just life is a grind or this malaise of life just isn't full of joy at different points of life is creeping in and taking over. And even so much that I felt the effects of that, even at Disney World, like the quote-unquote happiest place on earth, and I felt it there. And that's where this sermon series comes about. And we looked the first week at really remembering that even in the dark waters of chaos in the creation account, that God was there. God was with that chaotic water and just was okay with it. His spirit hovered over it and he was ever present, ever over it, more powerful than it. Was never scared and even simply allowed it to exist when he was with it. And we looked at the power of such a God, and that's our hope and, and who we have for us and with us. The next week, we looked at the idea that we're made in the image of God. And so if God is all this powerful and God delighted and made all these great things that we see in the creation account, we too can also be creators. And we've talked a lot about that power of creation. In fact, some of the answer of where we're at in our world today is this idea of using our ability to create and to make a world even better than it was before, but surely to bring back some of that goodness and just inter social interactions that we had before that seemingly be on the brink of we're losing and hopefully we can bring back. And then today, really, we're going to look at really more of that question of, okay, it's great that we're called to do the creating, but how do we do it? And the short answer of that is you do it the way the creator does it. And so if you're in the image of the creator and you're supposed to create the most best thing to start, the best way to start is to create in the same way that the Creator creates. And we're going to be looking at a very powerful part of that here today. But first I want to talk about power moves, right? Now you think of power moves, it's kind of a name or a, kind of an idea in our culture that you have. And, 
And basically, the power move is a way to express dominance over another person or place or thing or corporation, right? A power move, right? And our, our business culture, in some ways, is very tied up with these ideas of power moves and things like that. And some of them are subtle, such as wearing that you know, red tie to the business meeting, right? Where it's just the power tie, right? Red. Fear me, I wear the red tie, almost kind of idea. And it's the idea of just even that color brings about the tiger inside of somebody that you know, will go out and get that you know, bank account or that account settled or whatever and to make things happen. But some of them are different, right? Asking for more money at the job interview power move, right? right? Just sheer confidence, sheer domination of, of the, the room in the moment. You know, on TV sometimes, I've never seen this or heard about this in person, but whenever there's a bill or something and someone just gets out the load of cash and just goes, boom, and just pays for it right there, like power move, like express my dominance, right? Just throw it on the ground, throw it right in front of everybody. Or maybe, and sometimes you see the idea of like someone who pays for stuff, but then for others, that is, and then demands their time whenever they ask for it in that very moment, right? The boss who seems very giving, but at the same time, in the middle of night at 1 a.m., they expect you to get up out of bed and do whatever they've asked you to do in that moment because it's more important than anything you have going on in your life. Or maybe the most common way we see it is just through the threats that people are given. Do this, do it my way, or do it the highway, right? the power move. Now, if you think about power moves and how we think about it, it's all about that idea, right? To express power moves. And in fact, one of the things you gotta think about when we read the creation account is, is thinking about how the ancient people heard this. So the ancient Hebrews lived in a world that had other creation stories and all the cultures around them. And we know a lot, actually, about some of these creation stories. And more than any of them that we know is a book called the Enuma Elish. It was the Babylonian creation account of the earth and how it was formed. So I'm gonna give you the quick 3,000 foot view of the creation of the earth according to the Babylonians in the Enuma Elish. You ready? All right, there's basically a couple really big gods, right? And one of them name is named Tiamat. And Tiamat represents chaos. Sounds, tell me if this sounds familiar. Tiamat represents the sea and the watery depths and the chaotic movement of primordial earth. Sound familiar? And Tiamat is basically married to another god, and basically they have children, and they're the smaller deities, but they, of course, rise up and want to kill their parents. And so this is exactly what happens. There's a war in heaven, and in fact, Marduk, who's the god of like storm and things like that, almost like a Thor god, if you will, ends up not only killing the father, but eventually killing the mother too, and in fact separates the mother's body, if you will, the waters from each other, and thus creates the heaven and the earth. In fact, the ancient Babylonians believed that the whole being of existence, that all of this experience, came out of some children killing their parents and making the world out of their body. Now, if that doesn't sound weird, that's weird, right? <laughs> it's totally weird, but it's only weird because of you and I and where we come from. For them, it was totally normal. And in fact, there's so many points of like reference where it sounds very familiar to what we read there's a whole bunch of comparative literature you can read on scholars and how they write about this, about Genesis 1, comparing it to the Numa Elish and the different themes that go across. And in fact, some people that are maybe not believers would say, oh, well, Genesis just borrowed from it and just did it, whatever. But there's also a lot of scholars that would read it and say, look at this stark difference in the portrayal of the gods. 
In other words, the Babylonian gods were total power moves, like you and I would think about. Utter dominance, right? And the power move of war, of domination of each other, even your family members, even your siblings, the ambition to rule was all there. Power moves, power moves, power moves. And that's how the earth just haphazardly got created out of it. And then you read our story, Genesis 1, and you read about God's power move. Just think about the comparison of these two. War, domination, all that stuff. And God, what does he do in Genesis chapter 1 on each day of creation? Do you remember? God speaks. Just think about that for a moment. World domination, wars, people slaying each other, doing all these different things. In our creation account, God's there with the waters. And simply says, let there be light. The sun hasn't even been created yet. Remember, that comes in the later days of creation. Light is created, right? And let the waters be separated. And the chaotic waters separate. And let the dry land appear. Let the, let the vegetation come. Let, let the sun and moon and stars come. Let the animals come. Let the birds and the fish of the sea come. And all this comes, and God calls it into being. He gives it purpose. He tells them to do what to do, and they do it. And he calls into this brilliant life-giving way. And then all of a sudden, humans are created. And at the end of that story, God goes, this is good. And he goes, I'm going to take a break. And he sits down. And I can just, my, my, my picture of this moment of God is God's got the lazy boy chair with the footstool. And he's sitting back. He's made the TV. He's made the show on the TV. And he's flipped the on button. And he's sitting back watching Sunday night football, if you will, right there, watching his creation. And on that day of rest, he's just sitting back and then enjoying it and loving it. Think about how different that God is to those ancient cultures that believed such different things. But the important thing is, is the power move that God does was not one of war, dominion, ambition, or the, trying to get people and threaten people, or to, to, to get people to do what you wanted, or to, to, to drop things and just go, look how awesome I am, or to even just wear the red tie to the meeting. God's power move was to speak. Now, I don't know what you were born with, but almost all of us have the power to speak. And when we speak, like God does, he looks at the chaos, he speaks peace. He speaks order. He speaks even empowering those very creatures he created to do what he said, why don't you do this? And they did it. It's amazing, the ability to speak and the words and how you speak and the power that they have. I told you that we went to Disney World and, um, you know, there's an experience that you can do at Disney World uh, down at Hollywood Studios. And our kids are way too young for this, but we didn't know next time we'd go because, you know, you basically have to sell a kidney to go to Disney World nowadays. But we, we went and we had a great time and we don't know if we're ever, you know, going to be able to go back at any time in the near future. So we said, all right, we're going to do all the things. And, you know, of course, with COVID and all that, they're making a lot of changes. And we're like, let's do, let's just do some stuff that, you know, we normally probably wouldn't do, but we're going to do it anyways. And so there's lots of experiences. Now, many of you know... I kind of like Star Wars, right? If you haven't caught on to that, I, I kind of like Star Wars, right? Just a heads up. And um, I kind of like it a lot, right? And, and enjoy it a lot. And so um, there's this experience 
that you can do down at Disney World where you get to go into Savvy's workshop and create your own lightsaber. That's right, that's right. And you go in. Now, I want to let you know something that I learned about this trip. I like Star Wars a lot. I don't like it nearly as much as some of the other people in Savi's workshop that day. That's what I learned, right? I like it a lot. I can tell you a whole lot about Star Wars, but I got nothing on some people out there. And we went and we created our lightsaber. And I say we because Kinsley got to make one and Jackson got to make one. And, you know, Kelly was helping Kinsley. I was helping Jackson. And uh, I was amazed at the power of words. Because you got into this room, and, and you know, like, I'm with the kids, so there's a part of me that's, that's kind of, you know, helping the kids, and they're being crazy, of course, because what would kids do at Disney World besides be crazy and do all sorts of stuff? And so, you know, the room gets all dark, and then the little person that's moderating it comes out, and she's like, all right, welcome to Savvy's Workshop, where we collect all these different bits and pieces throughout the galaxy. And you're here, you pathfinders, to find the way forward and to build your own lightsaber and to create your story. And she starts talking, and you know, like, I'm thinking it's really cool, there are people almost to tears around me. And she says, you're going to create your own lightsaber. And there's an audible, yeah, like grown man, like, yeah. And she goes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel it in the world. And I've never seen, you know, like grown men that look like big football players just literally act like children in front of me. That might have been part of them. But they, you know, we were doing this and it was going on. And sure enough, there's that moment where there's this whole big spiel and all this stuff happens. But in that moment... The power of words. Jackson created this. He chose all the parts, put it together himself, and so he chose it. He picked the kyber crystal that goes into it. There's a moment. You turn it on. And she says, hold up your lightsabers. We all do it. You know, my kids are there. They're all like, they're wanting to bash it and break it. And we're like, no! It's, it's, but you just turn it on. You feel the power. And then you just sit there, and she's like, let the force be with you. And you're like, Yeah, I have a lightsaber, right? And you're just like, and of course we had our kids, so we were trying not to do it. But all I wanted to do the rest of the day was take the lightsabers out. You know, Kinsley's and Jackson's just like walk around the park with this, like, you know, doing these things, like, and you know, it makes its own sound effects. But like, you're a grown kid, so you got to make the sound effects with it. So and doing all these things. But I was amazed at the power of words in that moment that not only could create but could get people so excited. The power of words. I've seen this also in many different areas. You've seen it too. There's a, a man named Dale Carnegie who's famous for writing a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you've never read it, read it. It's actually a really good book. And in fact, when you read it, you're going to sit there and you're going to go, I see what we're losing that we lost kind of through COVID when you read this book. And it sounds like a very manipulative book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It sounds very manipulative, but it's not at all. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's all about not only, it's about like being the best person you can be to another human being for their sake. And it's amazing when you read it because one of the, the things that he says in there is, you know, he talks about being interested and talking about what the other person wants to talk about, right? And he, he talks about just smiling and how powerful that is, right? And he talks about all these different things. But one of the amazing things that he talks about is not only the idea of talking about someone else, but greeting them by name, by just simply asking them how they're doing, being part of their life, and loving on them in that way. And it's just amazing. He talks about just the power of words. And he talks about all the different people throughout history that have been like big corporations or presidents, and they were not the most qualified. 
They weren't the smartest. They weren't anything, but they knew how to influence people. And specifically, they used their words to bless the other people to not just make them feel important so they could get something for them, but make them feel important because they thought that they were important people. And the amazement of how you can just greet someone and simply by your greeting make their whole entire day. If you don't believe the power of that, go up to the nearest you know, fast food restaurant, order something through the microphone, and see what your experience is when they get to you, know, when you get to that moment where you actually like, get the food and pay some money. It makes or breaks your whole day, right? We went up lately, you know, we've had experiences where people are like, hey, thanks for coming to McDonald's or whatever, you know, we went to and they're like, hey, you know, have this, you know, what do you, you know, I'm glad I could serve you, you know, kind of idea. But we went to other places, they didn't say a word. They literally didn't even look at you. They just handed you the food and dropped it into your car. Like, before you even had it in your hand, they're like, and back off, right? It's amazing how words have the power to not only create, but to bring worth to another person. Of course, you've seen this in many different ways. We crave it in all sorts of ways. We crave to be people of importance. We crave for people to like us. We crave for people to be interested in the things that we're interested in. And you know how you can do that? You can do that, like our Creator God, by speaking. By speaking blessing to another person. By speaking encouragement to another person. Dale Carnegie, one of his chapters, he talks about giving a true compliment. That you truly want to compliment someone else just for the sake of giving them a compliment. You're not trying to get anything from them. You're not trying to do anything for them. You just compliment just because you want them to know you like something about them. And he talks about the power that that has for the person receiving the compliment. He talks about, but just we can use our words to empower others. Order to people and places. We can bring reconciliation. We can bring peace. And just like God on that seventh day, where God looked at it and He sees it. And remember how the how the story goes, right? Every day He says, "Let there be, let there be." And then all of a sudden, there's the end of it, and He goes, "And it was, and it was so." And God saw that it was what good. And remember on that very end. Remember the last one. It doesn't just say good. It says very good at the end of the creation. That God can use your words when they're expressing delight, when they're expressing goodness or calling something good. And you have the power to speak into being goodness, wholeness, life-giving waters to the people around you. How will you use your words this week? Will they be like our Creator God? And from the chaos Bring order, life, blessing, and rest. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we worship you. We thank you so much for your spirit, your Holy Spirit that's here with us. We thank you so much for your scripture. That again, through this story, tells us how different we are called to be than the world around us. Who, like the Hebrews, who looked at the world around them and saw all these gods fighting and destroying and Lord, your revelation to those people of the Hebrews was, no, I'm not that God. I'm a different God. I'm a God that just simply speaks. That's my power move. I speak. And I bless. And I call forth. And I bring order. And at the end of that, God, you said that you called us, to, or you made us in your image. And so, Lord, help us do our part to call into being, just as you did, a world that is blessing, 
a world full of cheer, a world, Lord, where people use their words to bless others and to empower them. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.